production of Pioneer Utility Resources. Story Connect, helping communicators discover ideas to shape their stories and connect with their customers. How can culture help your organization survive the great transition? That's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Story Connect Podcast. My name is Andy Johns, your host with Pioneer. And I'm joined on this episode by Ed Wolf, who is the Vice President of Professional Service, Sales, and Marketing at NISC. Ed, thanks for joining me. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. We are here, you probably noticed from the uh, ambiance, remember we don't say background noise, we say ambiance, here at the uh, Kentucky Rural Broadband Association and Tennessee Broadband Association Joint Conference here in Franklin, Tennessee. Ed was one of the speakers this morning on the main stage talking about how organizations can survive this transition that so many of them are going through with a strong culture. So I guess first, Ed, let's, let's kind of define that transition. What is it that you guys are seeing? You guys have so many members in the industry. Um, what do you categorize? How do you define that, that great transition? Yeah, it's been fun to watch. I've been involved in the industry for over 30 years, and you just see in the in the broadband industry these these companies going from traditional telecom companies to high tech companies that are are you know at one time telecom itself was kind of a luxury. Today, it's an absolute necessity, business business necessity in their environments, and it's really changed the way they have to do business, the way they serve their members, and the way they have to operate their business. And then in the middle of that, we've also got, you know, I know you talked a lot about that, that transfer of knowledge going on right now. In the middle of that transition, you've also got the, the demographic transition going on with so many boomers hitting that retirement age. Um, it's even more important, um, you know, for that, that transfer of knowledge and, and that culture, not to jump ahead too far, but you've kind of got to transition inside another transition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just last night we were talking to one of our members and they have some key employees that are retiring that have had phenomenal experience. And they're really worried that two or three people retire, they'll have to replace them with five or six because they're so diverse in their knowledge. And it's going to take a while for a newer employee to get as efficient at their jobs as the existing employees are. So that transfer of knowledge becomes a real strategic initiative for organizations to make sure that they continue a high level of service and do it efficiently in the midst of these um, experienced folks retiring. Now you are, um, you're a technology company at a software company. Um, I know you enjoy uh, getting into the data and diving in pretty deep. Culture sounds kind of like a squishy, feely kind of word there, but, but you're obviously a big proponent that, that culture is, is a main piece of what's going to get folks through uh, some of the, the, the changing times ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in this broadband environment, there's competition like there's never been before. So there's competition from uh, satellite companies, think of Musk, right? And there's competition from... Um, traditional cable companies, there's competition from wireless companies, and where um, this market really, the rural providers have a, a leg up in my opinion, is that they care for community, they're local, they're a known commodity, they're really good at what they do, and they have that personal connection these other companies don't. So culture is huge because maintaining that culture is going to be critical to be competitive in these environments in the future. Now you talked about a number of different things. You talked about a, a sense of a sense of urgency. You talked about trust. You talked about empowering staff, professionalism. Um, you said it kind of all all boils down to, to two big things, and that's that's servant leadership and innovation. So un, unpack a little bit about that for us. 
Yeah, I mean, anybody, when you're looking at employee retention, we're looking at employees come to your organization, they want to work for an organization where they feel they can make a difference. And if they come to an organization where someone's throwing out orders and telling them what to do, but not demonstrating or serving the employees and, and their, their customers, it's probably not a place they want to be. So through servant leadership, you can set a good example, you can earn buy-in, you can gain efficiencies by having people empowered and feeling like they can make a difference. And that all matters to the bottom line. So I'm a numbers guy, but culture matters and it actually translates to a stronger bottom line. You talked about it and I noticed a lot of, of heads nodding in the room when you talked about um, sense of urgency and professionalism. And you know, I've done a lot of presentations on the different generations at work and how they work. And, and I don't want to turn this into any, any kind of session where we're, we're ragging on any particular generations that I may or may not be a part of. Um, but it, you know, it's different. Do you, do you feel like that sense of urgency and the, um, that uh, professionalism, is that something that, that can be taught? How, how do you even kind of communicate that to folks that, you know, it seems like some, some of those are just those intangibles that some folks have and other folks don't. Is, is that a thing you feel like a culture can, can teach people? You know, I believe it is. And if you look at our environment today, I hate to blame things on COVID, but post-COVID, I just see the service industry not as being diligent about the sense of urgency, about professionalism, about care and concern as, as they once were. So as an organization, we really have to focus on that. We have to be intentional. We have to teach it. When people buy in and, and they start demonstrating that, they feel better about themselves. And there's study after study that says people are more motivated by helping others than they are by pay and benefits. And so that is kind of countercultural to what you hear in the news and media and, and, and all of that today. But we find that to be very true. That's backed by numbers. And that's really key to a successful, um, I think, a work group, a successful organization, some, a place where people want to be, where they want to stay, and they want to provide value. You talked about innovation, and I think when we think about innovation, we think about you know a lightning bolt from the sky. You know, like uh, whether it's AI, which you know we, we just talked about that, or um, you know some of the huge sweeping innovations uh, that may happen. But I like the way that you that you posed it that innovation isn't necessarily you know that that lightning bolt. It's just incremental progress. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I got to tell you, I'm, you know, when, when I prepare these presentations, there's times I look at my own weakness. And when I hear innovation, I think nanotechnology and I think new battery technology and I think chipsets. And at the end of the day, we have a responsibility to look at our jobs differently, to be innovative in day to day things. And one of the things I talk about is oftentimes I think people focus on perfection and get overwhelmed. I have a saying, I'd rather focus on on um, on advancing things or on incremental improvements than perfection. Oftentimes perfection is the, is the anti-improvement. And um, so I think as individuals in an organization, when we hear about being innovative, we have to really take that to heart and really focus on what can we incrementally improve in our day-to-day -day jobs that improves the overall success of the organization. You gave an example, and, and not using any names, uh, but about the person working in the vault, and uh, you know, kind of, kind of the looking at the information, the way that's done there. That I think, you know, while while that example seems obvious, if, if you're in the middle of it, maybe not. Do you mind uh, running that bias again? Yeah, it was it was really a fun example of applying innovation to our day-to-day -day lives, and it's a bit of an old example. But there was a time in my career I was visiting with the CEO, and she had a proposal in front of her from her staff 
to build an additional paper vault. So back in the days when everything was filed away and had to be fireproof and had to be locked up, and it was a very expensive proposition and she was ready to go to the board with a rate increase. On top of that, she was gonna have to build this vault. And one day as she was really thinking about it, really wringing her hands over that decision, she's on her way to lunch and she sees a CSR sitting on the floor sorting through papers. So she walks in and says, hey, what, what are you doing there? And the CR says, well, I, I'm getting these papers ready to file. And she says, well, how long have you been doing this? Oh, 10 years, the whole time I've been here. And she goes, why are you storing these particular documents? And the CSR said, well, we've always done it that way. And they took a look at it and they said, have you ever been asked to retrieve the documents? And the answer was no. So they sat down and they did an inventory. And at the end of the day, they cleared out 75% of the, the vault. They shredded the paperwork for a new vault. And while everything's digitized today, it's just a good example of how thinking differently can bring efficiencies and change the way you do things and help you serve your end users better and improve your bottom line. The example that, that I keep thinking about, you know, in the last couple of years we've heard about it is we're talking to folks in the cooperative space that they had their annual meeting changed up dramatically during COVID and they went either drive through or virtual or whatever. And, you know, I'll be talking to them and they'll say, and, you know, it's a different path for everybody. I don't, I'm not making fun of anybody, but, um, you know, yes, our members liked it better. Yes, our staff liked it better. Yes, it saved us money and in, improved in engagement. And then you ask, so are you going to stick with that now that, you know, most of the COVID scare has passed? And the answer is, oh, no, we're going back to the way it was. It's like, well, what? you don't have to. If this worked better, why not do it? So um, that, that's, that's exactly what you're saying with that incremental progress. And just looking at, at anywhere in the organization, whether it's cultural, whether it's technology, anything that you can make just a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. A focus on progress over perfection, incremental improvements, and it really can make a big difference. A lot of small improvements over time can make tremendous impact. And again, being a numbers guy, um, it will show up in your bottom line. It will show up in your customer satisfaction scores. It'll show up in employee retention. All those things give reasons for employees to want to stay, for customers to want to stay, and for you to have an overall more successful organization. Last thing for you before we go, if, if there's somebody who's listening right now and they're thinking, well, yeah, that sounds great, but I, you know, the, he doesn't work here. He doesn't know what it's like here. We got to do it the way that, that we've always done, thing, uh, done things, uh, whether it's culture or that innovation, what advice would you have for folks? What are some things you picked up along the way that you might share or um, you know, somebody who's in that spot and feels a little stuck with what, what they can or can't do? What advice would you have for those folks? Yeah, I, it's a great question. Just focus on life time learning. So the real advantage that I have is that I have the ability to work with our members slash clients in all 50 states and I get the experience a lot of different offices. So just as you go to conferences, talk to people, ask for their opinion, ask for their experiences, read books. Today we talked about um, a book that's called The Speed of Trust. It's another uh, factor to a real strong culture. Read ask questions, interview people, and just work hard at thinking differently. Be intentional at thinking differently. That would be my advice. I like it, and I added that one. And uh, both books you mentioned today, I added in my Goodreads, so I'll be, I'll be diving into those as, as soon as I get some of the other ones marked off the list. So yeah. thanks so much. All right, thank you. Appreciate it. He is Ed Wolf, the Vice President of Professional Service, Sales, and Marketing at NISC. I'm your host, Andy Johns, and until we talk again, keep telling your story. Story Connect is produced by Pioneer Utility Resources, a communications cooperative that is built to share your story. Story Connect is engineered by Lucas Smith of Lucky Sound Studio.